What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. They are not a fluke for one and one through their first six games and very fun to watch. Also, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Jack Eichel saga, the difference between the Sab- what the Sabres want for surgery and what the Eichel camp wants for surgery, along with a couple trade scenarios. So stick around and let's have some fun. Well, it's not a fluke. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. After starting the season 3-0 and in their first three games, a lot of people didn't believe that the Buffalo Sabres would continue this tight, checking, in-your-face, confident, attacking style of play that they had been going through the first three games. They thought, well, maybe it was just the quality of opponent that the Sabres were playing. However, it should be clear now, after 34 games under Don Granado. Six this season, 28 last season, that this is who the Buffalo Sabres are under their new head coach. Yes, they only went 1-1-1 in their last three games. However, the Sabres outplayed the Bruins for large stretches of that game. I know the score looks very lopsided at 4-1. However, the Sabres... We're just not able to capitalize on the opportunities that they had in that game. And a big part of that was the Sabres' former starting goaltender, Linus Olmark. Another part of that was the fact that the Sabres just don't have the talent level to be able to capitalize on a consistent basis like many other teams do that may be having an off night. The Bruins were having an off night. The Sabres dominated them again for large stretches of this game, and they outshot the Bruins 36-25. to However, it was the talent level in this game that was abundantly clear. The Sabres were outmatched in terms of sheer talent, not the fact that they got outworked, not the fact that they were the, you know, the other team was the better team, simply the fact that the Sabres didn't have the talent necessary to be able to capitalize on all of the opportunities that they were afforded in that game. Now, the next game, it was a back-to-back. They played against New Jersey. They played probably their worst game of the season so far, and they were still able to sneak out a point in large part because of the play by goaltender Dustin Tokarski getting his second start of the season in that game, and he was lights out. Coming into this season, I think we all believed that goaltending would be their weak spot or the weakest spot on this team, given the fact that you have a goaltender who is way over the hill and another goaltender who was largely out of the NHL for a majority of the last five to six seasons. However, Dustin Tokarski played absolutely stupendous, made 37 saves, and had a 9-4-9 save percentage in that game that the Sabres ended up losing in overtime 2-1. How would they stack up against the defending, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions? That is something that I think a lot of people 
wanted to see. It's a step up in competition, much like the Boston Bruins were. And we just wanted to see the Sabres kind of dominate the same way that they did against the Bruins. I don't think a lot of people really expect the Sabres to really crush a lot of the really, really good teams in the NHL. However, offensively, the Sabres simply capitalized in this game. They were great. They capitalized on the few opportunities that they did have, even though the Lightning, in terms of offensive zone time, dominated them for large parts of this game. Most of the first period, most of the second period, and parts of the third period. But the Sabres did not quit. They played a strong defensive game. They had great goaltending again by Craig Anderson, who was absolutely stellar. They were outshot for the second straight game, as I stated, and then they were they were able to capitalize on the few opportunities that they did have, and they were able to create a couple of opportunities that maybe last year's Sabres, under a different head coach, thou who shall not be named, were able to generate. In the second period, at the end of the second period, it was uh, uh, Kajula who was able to get the puck and beat Svechnikov down the ice. Or I'm sorry, Sergachev, not Svechnikov. Different teams. Sergachev down the ice, shield Sergachev off, and then able to bury it on Elliott to give the Sabres a 2-1 to lead with like 35 seconds left in the second period, giving the Sabres a boatload of confidence, especially after being dominated for most of the second period. I thought the Sabres played absolutely stupendous. I thought they were very, very good in this game. And that ended up being the game-winning goal for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, again, Craig Anderson was absolutely spectacular, as I stated. He stopped 35 of 36 uh, and moving his record to 3-1 and one on the season. And he has a stat line that is 2-0-1 goal... Two, 2.01 goals against and a save percentage of a 9.44 through four games in this young season. So it is abundantly clear that goaltending may not be the big issue that the Sabres have that we all believed they actually had coming into the season. It has been, so far has been their strongest point for the Buffalo Sabres, and that is something that is fantastic to see as we move forward. I think more impressive is how the Sabres continue to keep playing highly competitive, winning hockey with their top center in Casey Middlestat and one of their top pair defensemen in Yoki Haru still out with injury. These guys have only played one game this season. They have missed five games, and yet the Sabres are still able to get to 4-1-1, one, and one, which is in itself very impressive. They're finding goals and point they're finding goals from absolutely everywhere. In this lineup, they are competing night in and night out. This is a fun brand of hockey to watch. And one thing, again, is clear that this team is going to be fun and competitive all season long, no matter what. So if you're not already in on the Buffalo Sabres and you've kind of been soured over the past 10 years, I urge you, come back. Let's watch some Sabres games together. They are a lot more fun than we have seen over the last 10 years. This is very, very fun, watchable hockey. They're in every game so far this season, and it should be a very fun season no matter what for the Buffalo Sabres with 
Don Granado behind the bench. But that's going to do it for this video of Sports Talk Buffalo. Guys, remember to hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you guys never miss a video. We talk Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls, men's basketball and football. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic week. The Jack Eichel saga continues. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. We are two weeks into this young NHL season. The Buffalo Sabres are doing surprisingly well, starting 4-1-1 in their first six games, are atop the NHL standings as one of the NHL's best teams, which is surprising to most people. I know nobody had the Sabres pegged at 4-1-1 after six. However, there is still a dark cloud that appears to be hanging over this franchise in the fact that there has been no significant news around Jack Eichel, the Buffalo Sabres' star center and former captain. Now, most people know that the Sabres and Jack Eichel want two completely different kinds of surgery. So let's talk about what each surgery is, what are the differences, and why Jack Eichel is so unwilling to budge on the surgery that he is choosing. Now, for the Buffalo Sabres, they want the most common surgery, which is called anterior cervical discectomy with fusion, which is going to be pictured right here. When the disc is removed, it is when the disc is removed, they place a bone graft in between the two vertebrae, and then they put a metal plate that helps stabilize the two vertebrae so that the bones can fuse with the bone graft that they put in the middle of the two vertebrae, thus fusing it together, making it more stable so that there is no more pain for the particular patient. However, even though this is the most common, it does come with quite a few problems. One of the first problems is that there is a chance that it may not fuse together, in which case they have to go back in, remove it, and redo essentially the whole surgery, which means more surgery for Jack Eichel, and it doesn't fix the problem. Another problem is that it places stress on the vertebrae completely above and completely or, and, and below the place where the fusion is happening. And this stress over time causes more... Uh, chance for the player to have more surgeries fusing more of his spine together in the future it is a 25 percent more it is 25 percent more likely that the player will have to get more of his uh, vertebrae fused as time goes on it's something like four to seven years that it is uh, more likely that the player will have to have more surgeries to continue to correct this deteriorating problem So what is the type of surgery that Jack Eichel wants to get? Jack Eichel wants artificial disc replacement, which sounds, which is exactly what it sounds. It's an artificial disc that is placed in between the two vertebrae. And while this surgery has never been done on an NHL player, it is not a relatively new or groundbreaking procedure. This procedure has been around since the year 2000 has been approved in the USA since the year 2000 and doesn't seem to come with the degenerative problems 
that spinal fusion seems to come with uh, when you choose this surgery. It is less likely that there will be more surgeries uh, with the disc, the artificial disc replacement that Jack Eichel wants to get. And not everyone is a good candidate from what I have watched that not everyone is a good candidate to get this type of surgery. But Jack Eichel is young, he has healthy bones, and his uh, affected area is just the fact that he has a herniated disc, which is causing him a lot of discomfort. Those are some of the big factors in someone who can and should get artificial disc replacement surgery. So Jack Eichel is, in fact, probably correct in the fact that he wants to go ahead and get this surgery. Now, it doesn't seem to come with the term. When Jack Eichel wants this, he looks like it's he wants to come from a long-term solution. He doesn't seem like he wants to just kind of kick the can down the road in four to seven years or five to ten years and have to get more and more surgery. And it's looking, he seems to be looking for, and from the brief research I've done, the best course of action for himself going long-term. And as I look at it, this looks like the best course of action for Jack Eichel long-term. Not just in the short-term, so he can play now, which will, again, probably require more surgeries in the future. And he is still a young man. I don't think people understand that. I think Jack Eichel's only 24 years old. So he is a very, very young man and has a ton of his life ahead of him, even after hockey. So I think this is a big reason why he does not want to go with the spinal fusion surgery as if he probably would when he is maybe closer to the end of his career, and it's less likely that he'll need more and more and more surgeries, given the fact that he's going to be jostled around and knocked around quite a bit, and the artificial disc will help with the movement and will provide less stress on all of the on, on the other vertebrae in his neck, causing less degenerative um, disease in his neck. So he won't have to get more surgery. Now, with that said, there are still two teams that are on the table for the Buffalo Sabres that seem to have quite a bit of interest in Jack Eichel. The first one I have covered before, it is the Calgary Flames. But what did the Buffalo Sabres need to get for Jack Eichel in order for them to, in order for this to be considered a relatively fair trade, in my opinion? Now, I think... It has to start off with forward Connor Zeri, who most believe is the best prospect in the Calgary Flames organization. Of course, you also have to have a first-round pick, but we talk about Connor Zeri. Zeri scored seven points in nine games in the AHL and 24 points in, in 15 games in a shortened season uh, last year. Again, we have to get that first-round pick. And then... It has to be at least one more piece, I feel like, in order to get fair, uh, somewhat fair value for Jack Eichel. So I would say either a decent roster player that has potential to be flipped again at the deadline in order to attain more pieces, or multiple picks. Something like two second-round picks also, in addition to the first-round pick and Connor Zeri. So the Sabres are going to need three pieces that could potentially be made into four or five pieces, depending on how good Kevin Adams is at swinging more deals when it comes close to the deadline. The next team that has been reported, and it has been reported 
at the time of this video that their trade talks are ramping up with this team is the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, they have a lot more cap space, about $5 million more cap space than the Calgary Flames. So it would probably be a little bit easier to swing a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights and have the money situation work out. However, So what does it take for the Buffalo Sabres to swing a deal and get fair value for Eichel? It starts with Peyton Krebs, who is what everyone believes is the best prospect in the Golden Knights organization. He had five points in two games in the AHL, and he has eight points in seven games last year at the U-20 World Junior Championships. Another piece that I think the Sabres should potentially try to get is prospect Brendan Bryson. He is a 2020 first-round pick of the Golden Knights. He has 21 points in 24 games, including a team tied. He was tied for the team lead in goals at 10 at the as a freshman at the University of Michigan. The Sabres also need to acquire in this deal a first-round pick, of course, because you're still only getting two futures. You're going to get a third future as three pieces, and then maybe a later-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, so that the Sabres go along with four futures for Jack Eichel, one of which who has the potential to play relatively soon, one of which will play in a year or two down the line, and then two draft picks, which you then can wheel and deal for other things as time goes on. But four pieces and four quality pieces, as Brendan Bryson is being reported to being one of the better prospects in the Golden Knights camp also. So you get two grade A prospects. You get two draft picks for Jack Eichel. Eichel gets to go play on a team that has the potential to be very, very good. And the Sabres get four futures and continue to build what they are seemingly building right now in Buffalo, which is a strong team, a fast team, a young team with sprinkled in with some veterans that is performing very, very well under Coach Granado. Now, do I believe that the Sabres are going to get absolutely everything that they ask for when it comes to this trade? Absolutely not. I really don't think the Sabres are going to get fair market value for Jack Eichel. However, I believe as this arbitration starts getting closer and as the season goes on, we are getting closer and closer for the Buffalo Sabres to take the best offer that they have on the table and be done with this entire situation so that they can focus on building the organization that they see fit moving forward. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you for watching. Click the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. I talk Sabres, Bills, and UB Bulls, men's basketball and football right here on this station. Videos pretty much every single week. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic week.